Thank you, Gloria, for playing that song. I was really hoping he would, she would play longer. So, Gosh, it doesn't really get old in here. here. All right. I'm going to start out something. I'm going to start out with something different today. Normally, I, I, we end the preaching with a song. I'm gonna, I have this song that Ed will put up soon on the screen. It's an old children's song that some of you might remember. Some may have forgotten. A popular song among the kids written by George William Cook back in 1925. But before that, let's go ahead and open up in prayer. Heavenly Father... We're so thankful to be here, thankful that we can worship you the first day of the week. Lord, we want to be here. It's a privilege to be here because you've done so much in our lives. Lord, thank you for the sharing this morning. Lord, I'm thankful that we don't have to go somewhere far to see the beauty. We can just look at, look at ourselves Look inside of us and how much you've changed us. Lord, from ugly to beauty. From horrible sinners to where we are now. Lord, that's majestic. That's grandeur, Lord. So we're just so thankful for that. And thank you for your sacrifice that made that happen. And Lord, again, as we, as I'm up here, Lord, trembling and weak, I'm at zero percent. Lord, I want, I want all your strength. I want your power. Help me deliver this clearly and how you want it to be. Put me aside. I want you in the driver's seat, Lord. We thank you for this day, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So who knows this song? Who, knows, who remembers this song? Right? It's uh, This is the song that started this message. I was uh, up, up in the class, in my class, preparing for my class, and I overheard this song being sang next door. So when I peeked in there, I, I saw the kids. And, and as I, they were singing the song, they were clapping, they were dancing, they were, they were jumping. As a matter of fact, I, I don't think I've ever heard or seen this song Played, and the kids are doing this. I've got the George. No, never, never. They're they're all happy. Forgive me for this, but it's all for Jesus. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. I'm going to read the rest. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so happy, so very happy, I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy, I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. Is it just for the kids? It's It's for all of us. 
Now, although joy and happiness have different meanings, they are related to each other. God wants us to enjoy life and be happy. Some people think God is always serious. No laughing, no fun, not about pleasure. Some people think he has no sense of humor, that it's only about heaven and hell or damnation, trials and tribulations. God has a sense of humor. Jesus had a sense of humor while he was here on earth. You know how I know? Because God created us in his own image. Since I like laughing and giggling, I'm sure he did too. Second, kids loved him. The apostles had to do crowd control when Jesus was with the kids. Why? Because he was fun to be with. Children are not attracted if you're rich, intelligent, sophisticated, or even good-looking. I'm sure he made those kids smile and laugh to the point they were giggling. Who would know better how to trigger our laughter than the one who created us? You know another reason how I know the Lord has a sense of humor? Let me tell you a quick story. Just to preface this story, I'll be throwing my son under the bus. In my last message, I did it with my daughter. So as a good parent, I want to make sure I'm giving them equal attention. That's the parent that I am. Don't worry, I've already asked for their forgiveness, and they know how much I love and adore them. So back to my story. Back in my single life, I saw this couple having dinner while dealing with their young kid who was having a big tantrum. I told myself, when I have, a, when I have my own kids, that will never happen to me. You, what a horrible child. I said to myself as I was having my mocha frappuccino, right? Well, guess what happened? My second child came to earth. My wife and I finally took a leap of faith and went out to our first dinner out with the kids. You know that feeling? Your eyes felt like they were bleeding because of lack of sleep. You're wearing sweatpants you swore you'd never wear in public, but here you are. Socks don't match, but you don't care. You just want to see other adult human beings. You want to have a nice dinner other than mac and cheese and chicken nuggets on the menu. You look like you just woke up, and there you are in Applebee's. So there you are, and your kid is screaming and not eating. So now I'm negotiating with him, with Ethan, that I'll give him a million dollars if he takes this last chicken tender bite. So I turned to my, to my wife and asked, whose child is this that we took this morning? What's going on? It's almost like I want to make an announcement. Everyone, please calm down. He is not like this at home. We are good parents, Right? So that's when I saw everybody was looking at us. The same stare I gave a long time ago. So I told Britt, take a good look around you because we will never step foot on this restaurant again. (laughs) Britt and I look back at this now and just smile and laugh. Look, 
I am fully aware, fully aware that this is not comedy hour. No. My intention is for you to realize that God just wants to see you smile and laugh more. The Lord wants us to enjoy life because as Christians, we have the best life. Amen? Amen. Then let's show it. I also don't want you to think that life is all a joke. No. As a matter of fact, in Ecclesiastes, it says there's a time to weep and a time to laugh. But it's sad to say that some Christians nowadays are more focused on the weeping and and unhappy side. The Lord loves to see us smile and laugh as we just did. And as I've said, the Lord wants us to enjoy the life he gave us to the fullest and have a smile on our face every day. So today we're going to discuss the word joy. I got four points. Ed, if you don't mind. Joy surpasses happiness. Joy is only found in God. Joy endures trials. And lastly, joy is a choice. My first point, joy surpasses happiness. And we know the difference between the two. My first text, John 16, 24. John 16, 24, it says, Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your, what? That your joy may be full. This verse explains that we're looking for joy in the wrong places, in the wrong person. We're also asking for the wrong reasons. Let me give you an example. Lord, I, I pray for a million dollars. If you give me that, I'll be happy. Now, will that give you joy or temporary happiness? Or will staying needy bring you closer to Christ and make you depend on him more? See what I mean? Happiness depends on outward circumstances, while joy is an inward state of the heart. The Lord wants to work and increase our joy because happiness is fleeting while joy lasts forever. John 10.10. John 10.10 has a new meaning in my life. It says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life. Is Is that the end of the verse? No. It adds, And Eve inhabit to the full. In some Bible versions, it says, in abundance or overflowing. He came that you might enjoy life and have it in abundance. So much, it overflows. Why? Because he doesn't know how to give moderately. He's never been cheap when it comes to blessings. He only knows to give in abundance. Another reason why, when it overflows... Other people see it. And when other people see it, they want to have the same thing. That scent and aroma you're sending off to others is irresistible. I want what they have. That person is always happy. What's their secret? I should hang out with that person. I like being in their presence. My second point, joy is only found in God. 
Psalm 1611. Psalm 1611, David wrote, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill my life with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. David had many victories, but he also experienced many hardships. Throughout his life, David knew that only his relationship with his Lord was the foundation of his happiness, joy. God was David's constant source of joy. So whether your circumstances are wonderful or awful, you can still have joy. We must understand that joy is not the absence of sadness, but the presence of Jesus in our circumstances. It's not based in our circumstances, but solely based in our relationship with God. If you want to have more joy, get to know him more. Read his word more. Spend more time with him than you do now. That's what David did. Philippians 4.4. Philippians 4.4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Does it say rejoice in the Lord once a week? Or only when times are going right? Does it say rejoice in your circumstances? No, it says rejoice in the Lord always. That's the key word, in the Lord. Do you know where Paul was when he said these words? He wasn't in a five-star hotel in the tropics having a three-course meal. He was in this filthy hole they call jail, chained up and ready to be executed. There was no happiness there. But Paul dug deep to the roots of his soul and got his Jesus out. You know what came out? Smile, a joy. The prison even had their first own concert. The other prisoners even joined in because this is exactly what they needed. Folks, do you know how bad this world needs joy than ever before? Who else can show true joy than the ones he rescued and forgiven? That's us. It's up to us. My third point, joy endures trials. Psalm 16, 8 to 9. I keep my eyes on the Lord, always on the Lord. With him at my right hand. I can't talk today. Excuse me. Psalm 16, 8 to 9. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my glad is, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. Well, Alan, if you only have a clue what I'm dealing with, or you, you have no idea what I've gone through, you wouldn't be smiling. Ever said those words to someone else? I may not have said it aloud, but I know I've said it in my mind. Our eyes are heavily focused in our situation, assuming there's no way out. Sometimes, even Christians think that we're cursed or have the worst luck. But we don't, you know that we don't believe in that. We have forgotten that the Lord is always in control. 
We must stop looking at everyone else's situation. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Whatever you're going through now is custom-made only for you. It was handcrafted to your name, personalized by our Lord to only fit you. If it was too big, you wouldn't be able to handle it. If it was too small, you wouldn't be able to learn from it. Trust whatever the Lord has allowed in your life. Direct your focus back on the Lord and don't take your eyes off him again. Having your eyes fixed on him will kill any doubts and fears. Remember Peter on the water? Lord, this is pretty neat. I, I, I can walk on water. While Peter was walking on the water with his eyes focused on his Savior, his surroundings did not change. It still had violent waves. The wind was still intense. The storm was still raging. But when did he start sinking then? Was it when the storm got worse? No. It was the second he took his eyes off Jesus. That's when he started seeing how bad everything was. That's when we start seeing all the negatives around us. A difficult boss, horrible neighbor, not satisfied with my job, the pay is not good, health is not doing well, difficult family, traffic is bad, and so on and on and on. Ever meet those people? Grumpy, negative, down, sour-faced, Defeated. I have a lady who's always negative at work and who unfortunately says they're a Christian. If someone can find the bad in anything, she can. She even earned the name Debbie Downer. Not you, Debbie. (laughs) How sad is that? How sad is that? Did our Lord mean for he... Did our Lord mean for her to be that way? Absolutely not. That was her choice. And brings me to my last point. Joy is a choice. Psalms 118.24. Let's go to Psalms 118.24. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. What is David saying here? Every day is a gift from God. Every morning when you get up is a present beautifully wrapped from the Lord. Let's enjoy it as much as we can. Start your day with God. David was sick and tired of circumstances dictating his mood for the day. He made a choice. We have to make that same choice to rejoice and be glad. It's more than an emotional feeling. It's more than positive thinking. It's a spiritual confidence in our Lord. We don't want to waste another day being miserable, in anger, or self-pity. God wants us to enjoy life. To enjoy our life every day on purpose. Now, I'm not talking about the days when you go on vacation, just like I just did. Or the day you're having some of your favorite family and friends over. Or the day you're buying maybe a a new car or new house or simply your birthday. That's all great. 
I already know that we feel good on those days. No, what I'm talking about is, do you have that same joy on that plain old dull Monday? When you have to get up early to get the kids ready for school, go to work, do laundry, clean up from the past weekend, prepare dinner, and if time allows, do bills. Then get up on Tuesday and do it all over again. Then on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, do it all again. I'm talking about doing our normal everyday life with a smile on our face and joy in our heart because you know that there is a God who adores you, that this place is not your home, and that you have the happiest of ending. Amen? Amen. Doesn't that bring a smile on our face? That verse, that verse also says, let us rejoice today. doesn't say tomorrow, the next day. The Lord just gives us enough joy for today. Enough for us to be in a good mood. But Satan also comes knocking at our door telling us that this will be a lousy and miserable day. Satan will try to bring up troubles from yesterday to today. He likes to remind us of our problems, but sometimes we forget that we control the door to our minds. I can either let those issues or problems in and entertain them or not allow them in at all. It is our choice. It's not a feeling. You know, the greatest privilege of being a born-again Christian is you don't have to live by how you feel. You can live by what you know. Stick with God's promises. He didn't create you to drag through the day, overcome by difficulties and discouraged by defeat. We want to honor our Lord by living happy and a genuine smile. Lord, thank you for waking me up this morning with a healthy heartbeat. I am thankful and blessed that I have you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving me all my sins, that you will never bring them up again. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my family here at church. Grateful that whatever happens to me today, the one who is in control is on my side. That however big my problem is, that God is way, way, way bigger In my conclusion, the devil wants to steal our joy because joy is our strength. The happier you are, the stronger you are. He's not trying to rob your money or possessions. He wants to get the joy out of you so you can't fight the good fight of faith. Don't let little things steal your joy anymore. Let's not take each day for granted. Let's appreciate the joy of waking up every morning. And we can say with David, this is, the, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad from sunup to sundown. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, where is our joy? Lord, if we're born again, Lord, we have it. We just need to take it out, Lord. But if we don't have it and 
we're searching for you. Maybe, maybe we don't have because we don't have you in our lives. So for I pray that anyone that is not saved this morning, I pray for their salvation today. Salvation is the only thing that will bring us joy. Joy comes from you. Lord, again, I pray for restoration of our joy and help us to enjoy life. Enjoy what you have given us, Lord. We have so much to be thankful for. We just want to thank you again for this time, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.